Good evening, and welcome to the weekly football review show, back on Monday, as we are, every week, 6pm, uh, live from Stalker Studio, best recording studio in the whole Northamptonshire, in association with the Mail Coach, where you'll be able to find Adam Harrelau, who's meant to be here today, but he's preparing for the quiz night, which is the strongest quiz in the whole Northamptonshire, and as well, uh, in association with Macau Sports Bar and Grill, 51st and 8th in New York, ever go to New York City, go hit up cabs. That's the main thing to do. Plenty to talk about, as there is every week on Two Up Top, because otherwise we wouldn't bother being here. That's how I see it. And it's myself, Gav Mack, a relatively ill Gav Mack, and a very ill Alex Osborne. So if you hear a coughing fit, there he is. He's yeah. just there with, with me. Uh, you can watch this live every week. Alternatively, you can listen back on the podcast, which is available on Spotify and on Apple Music. First, let's talk about a managerial casualty. And that is uh, Manuel Pal- uh, Pal- Pellegrini. Uh, no, Pal of mine. You're going to say Manuel as well. Isn't Mal- it? Yeah. You, you've got sweets on the mind. Oh, I love a bit of sweet stuff. Um, <laughs> Manuel Pellegrini, uh, who lost his job um, shortly after uh, going to a, uh, well, from, from home losing 2 1 to Leicester. I find it really hard to talk today because I'm very weak. Um, but um, let's just try and get the facts out there straight away. Leicester 2, 2-1 um, winners away to West Ham. David Moyes is back at the helm at, uh, at West Ham. Is that the, that's a backwards move, isn't it? Well, it's certainly not a forwards move, is it? Uh, those of you <laughs> who have been in relationships and then ended and then going back to said ex. Yeah. You might be able to relate to what West Ham are going through right now, but yeah, but at least uh, wait I eight mean, years before you go back. A bit like myself. <laughs> no, everyone's like you. No one's like me. That's the thing. If everyone's like me, it'd be a better place. Yeah, but like, oh well, I'll, I'll, you'll find no arguments with me that one. But when it comes to West Ham, I mean, they didn't want to offer him a contract when he kept him in the Premier League because they wanted to. Uh, Take the next level. Yeah, they want to take West Ham to a that, new level. That next step involved hiring a Pellegrini, who I didn't think was a was a good hire to begin with. But, you know, he was a name and manager because he's, he won a Premier League title with Man City, who, let's be honest, that Man City squad were the best team and the best squad in the Premier League, except he nearly did his best to... Mess it up. Mess a bit it like up. what Emery did with PSG. Yeah, um, um, so... Obviously, it clearly didn't work, so they made a change, but then they've gone back to David Moyes. And, oh, but who know. else is out there that they could have gone for? Well, this is it. What? What? Who's the best managers in the championship? Why aren't they I mean, trying to... Someone like a Bielsa, maybe, but yeah. like, why would he leave Leeds that are... Because he's coaching the Premier League, isn't it? It's the next step up. But don't you think that someone like Bielsa could be the next like, sort of... Um, David O'Leary almost of what he did at Leeds can he be that next person so he's like right okay I'm going to keep him I'm going to keep hold of him because we're doing alright at the moment we've got a few points clear of everybody else then I'll get us into the Premier League and then I'm going to do wonder bits with um, with Leeds like, so why would he want to leave West Ham why would you want to leave Leeds to go to uh, sorry, yeah, sorry, yeah. Again, it's the whole talking about why would a manager leave what seems to be a good situation at the minute to go to another situation which appears to be worse at the current state of affairs but not take into account the future, the longer term 
aspect. Now, so I, would, yeah, I, would, I, would, I would argue that West Ham, at this moment in time, offer a better long-term than Leeds do. Because, again, Leeds are still not... Despite, obviously, being at the top of the Championship, they've been at the top of the Championship now for the last couple of years, and they still haven't made that jump back into the Premier League. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I would argue... <laughs> <laughs> don't make me laugh um, I would argue that West Ham it would be a step up for Bielsa so why wouldn't he go if he had any if he had anything about him he he hasn't as, as far as I'm aware he's managed in La Liga he's managed in uh, some other top European nations yeah it's been around as, it's been around the houses but he hasn't managed in the Premier League and this would be a chance to manage in the Premier League now whether we whether West Ham actually did get in contact with him and they've done their inquiries and they they certainly should have done their due due diligence and he's actually said to them no I'm not interested or Leeds have just rebuffed them and said if you are going to come for him it was going to cost you a lot of money to get him then West Ham have gone elsewhere but it certainly seems to me a bit of a panic hire from West Ham yeah, it's a manager who's out of work at the moment. It's easy one to go to. But I'm sorry, if you need to try and sort things out, why don't you just go back to Sam Allardyce if you're going to do that? Yeah. That's how I saw it. Uh, into the game, Fabianski's back. Yep. I, think that's a, I think that's a real, real big um, big thing for, for, them, yeah, yeah. For, for them. Not necessarily a statement of intent, because I don't really have anyone else that's going on there. Fabianski is, a, you know, is, is, is the heart of of that defence so to speak you know like because the back four in my opinion aren't the greatest so if you've got a leader in between the sticks I think someone like him having him back like uh, Roberto terrible goalkeeper uh, David Martin you know his fairy tale but yeah it wasn't going to happen quality, is it? Um, it almost went wrong for Fabianski early doors in that game um, in the actual through one on one with uh, Fabianski Fabianski took him out now a penalty was given correctly yellow card was given though do you think that was double jeopardy yeah well they're, they're trying to that's in, that install that it's double jeopardy yeah. So, yeah they're trying to install that but I think that's pretty much denying an obvious goal scoring opportunity so irrespective of the double jeopardy I think I think that should have been a red um, however it wasn't it was a yellow card as I said uh, Damari Gray took the penalty good save or the poor pen well any save from a penalty is a good save for me, regardless of whether it looks easy or simple or not, because the odds are, well, the, the reason why a penalty is given is because the odds are so in favour of the attacking team to score, and why mm. everyone gets excited with a penalty, because you're pretty much, I don't know what the odds are. No, but you but feel I that you guarantee the goal. Yeah, exactly. So any goalkeeper who saves a penalty, for me, is making a good save, and conversely, yeah, so in other words, I'm just trying to say, a roundabout way of saying it, it's a bit of both. Oh God! You got splinters in your ass sitting on this, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sitting on that fence. No, yeah. um, for me, I think it was a good save. However, are you going to join I, me on this? No, fence? I'm not. I believe that Fabianski was off his line. Ah, right. Okay. Now you now with the recent retakes, you're, you're thinking where's VAR? Yeah, um, right. but VAR. We'll come talk. We'll, we'll come talk to you later on, pal. VAR. Um, Ian Acho did open the score in the end just before half time with a lovely header. Four nails with the equaliser, lovely little move, one apiece. I think 
just about deserved, depend like based on how play was going uh, at that time. But then tomorrow, great, lovely finish. Keeper's got no chance. Sort of cut inside and dinked it over the goalkeeper. Now Leicester made a few, quite a few changes in this game, didn't they? They did uh, not. Ivardi in the squad whatsoever. So, Madison was on the bench and Didi was on the bench. I think it was, what, on the bench. I think, I think it was what nine changes they mm. made to the starting lineup. Now. I'm glad that Demario Gray got a start because I quite like Demario Gray. I've always been a bit of a yeah, fan. Yeah, I've of his. always liked him. Um, so it's good to see that he got himself on the score sheet and made a, an impact on the game. Uh, I'm hoping he can get find himself sort of being in Leicester's first team, if you want to call it that, mm. um, moving forwards because he certainly showed that he can actually make a difference at this level. And he's still quite a young player, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, more important fish to fry um, one very important fish was Arteta's first home game for Arsenal the new manager there uh, Arsenal 1 Chelsea 2 I don't think that's the way that people wanted it to be especially Arsenal fans um, what do you think about the Arsenal performance, uh, first of all, as well, a whole? I, I will say this, from the from his first two games we've got a point. One point out of six, whereas really, deservedly, again this is going to come across as me being biased, I'm sure it will do, but on the balance of play from both games and the way that the team, the effort that was put out, Arsenal certainly deserves six points from there too from the first two games against Bournemouth and now against Chelsea and that first half Arsenal played was the best first half Arsenal played in probably about four or five years easy. it was a long long time um, I uh, think with Arsenal there they didn't step up in the second half I think, they allowed Chelsea to come back into the game I think they were spent of, uh, I, think, I think what happened is you saw, you, saw, you saw that because they, they put so much effort and it sounds, going back to what Chrissy Wilder was saying, you, should, you shouldn't applaud players for effort because that should be a requisite, right? Mm. But it just goes to show how much they had down tools for the previous managerial regime that when they came and did actually provide a bit of effort, that they were all spent and all done by 50, 55 minutes into mm. the game. And that allowed Chelsea to be the team in the ascendant. But, right, we'll say this, okay, Chelsea were the team on top for most of that second half. I can't recall Bernardo other than a Tammy Abraham header from a corner, which he went straight to him. I can't remember Ta- uh, Bernardo making any meaningful meaningful start. saves. They were talking about how Chelsea had ten shots in the second half to Arsenal's one. Apart from um, uh, apart from obviously the two goals and that header, I can't remember any of the seven other shots that Chelsea had. Yeah, it's quite it's quite funny as well. Another thing that Arsenal, I think. As bad as it sounds, are technically involved in a relegation scrap now um, because of where they are in the league at the moment. Yeah, they, it says that they're twelfth, but there's only six points between them and Aston Villa in eighteenth. Halfway through, halfway point of the season, that's not very good. However, they've lost only one game less. Well, they've lost one game less than Chelsea have, and Chelsea are currently. It's because they've drawn. Arsenal drawn too, drawn too many games. That's that's the problem. That's, they, that's they're, drawn too, they're drawn too many games rather than uh, winning them. Now, Adibayor, Adibayor, oh my God, that's old school. We're both so ill. Um, Aubameyang um, got the opener. It was a flick on from... Old style school, uh, old school style Arsenal uh, corner. Old really, Stevie Bold flicking really it on the near post. We can we? Yeah. It's not what we're at, man. We're not. That's what kills it. Um, so, yeah, it was a flick on from Callum Chambers and it found 
a Bamiyan at the fire post and at that point it was nice. It was a nice confident boosting uh, moment. It deserved. Um, lots of cards in it as you expect from any London derby. Um, Jorginho was booked in the first half but in the second half felt that he should have received a, a second yellow. Well, let's now, get... If you haven't seen it, um, basically what's happened, Gendouzi's on the halfway line, he's cruising through into the Chelsea half. Um, it's a cynical challenge on the halfway line, which warrants a yellow card at all times. He's on a yellow card, so maybe it might be a little bit of game management from Craig Pawson, but at the same time, that is a yellow card. If you feel like you get away with that, then you're going to be able to get away with anything. Okay, so this, this game also has sort of three or four turning points, if you want to call it mm. that. First, one of the first turning points was Callum Chambers' injury. Mm. Okay, it meant Mustafi came onto the pitch, and we know right. how. <laughs> and uh, we know we know how uh, well. A, he's played a lot of games this year, so mm. he's not going to be particularly match sharp. B, his quality is not very good anyway. Mm. And Callum Chambers was having for the first. I think he came off what after about 20, 25 minutes. Now yeah. I don't know what the update is with. With him, whether he's whether it's been deemed as a serious long term injury, yeah, I mean, still get, waiting for that news to come through. I think they're sort of we're waiting for the news to come through, but it did mean that we've had to bring on the lesser player. The second ter- turning talking point was the uh, tactical switch up that Lampard did. He brought on. He didn't start with Jorginho because he started with three at the back, didn't he? he did. the, the Arsenal were just pulverizing them, and then he made the switch. He brought off. Uh, he bought off Emerson and bought on Jorginho and from that point on Chelsea grew into the game aligned with the uh, vastly dropping fitness levels of the Arsenal players now the other talking points was as you correctly pointed out the yellow cards that were dished out and also not dished out Mm. because there were four fouls in the I, game. I don't feel that the game was a dirty no, it game. No, it wasn't a dirty I, game. It was I, just I a typical think, London derby yeah, game. But I, at the same but time, I think that Craig Pawson... It was inconsistent. To, yeah, he this tried is where to, I was going to get to. Yeah, he tried to set his stall out early with the cards, but I didn't, he didn't feel... Follow, he didn't follow through on it. Yeah, the cards, I don't... Uh, lots of them were warranted. So the, 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 this is where I'm going to say the inconsistency. There was four separate incidences, all of them very... The, the same fouls. The one, there was one... The first one, which was Guendouzi, when Chelsea had a counter-attack... And he pulled... Do you remember this? Yeah. He, he went out for Chelsea corner. He pulled back... Was it Abraham? Yeah. And it was in the area. Mm. And the VAR checked it. Nothing. No foul. Carry on. Play Yeah, on. given it just outside... It looked like it was just outside there. It was in or out of the box, I think. That's what the initial... Yeah. So, but they didn't... He didn't give it... They, did, they didn't deem it worthy of a foul. Didn't deem, Obviously, didn't deem it worthy of a yellow card. Yeah. The second instant, in, instant was Torreira. Torreira... Uh, the ball came on, uh, so it ran about the halfway line. He, he he went in for a challenge. Ball broke a little bit. He pulled back uh, a Chelsea player. I can't remember which Chelsea yeah. player. It might have been Kovacvic. Referee gave him a yellow card. Yeah, which, right? like, I only feel that card was given because the one that was happened that happened just before on the halfway line, which I also think was a little bit harsh that Chelsea had received a yellow card for. But because he's given it, he felt like he had to then give the Torreira so, one. So he's given... So he's given Torreira a yellow card, but then the same, a third of that same challenge has happened with Jorginho. Yeah, and he's not given that a yellow card. And then there was a fourth one where Maitland-Niles got booked again, pulled back. Yeah. It was Hudson-Odoi, I think. Maitland-Niles got booked. So yeah. there were two that were booked, two that were not booked. In the same game, all for the same foul. The same thing. That is what's driving fans 
managers, I think, players. I think it's not just an Arsenal. Thing. It's not. It's it's that, how, can you, how, can, how can that be? How can that be? You, that's inconsistent within the same game. He hasn't been consistent for yeah. both sides. Yeah, um, I agree. Because um, he's either got to book all of them or, or none, none of them at all. Yeah. You can't you, pick and choose. Once you do the first one, you've got to then have to set your score. Yeah. Um, and that 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 and then obviously if he's if he's booked in, then Jorginho's got to be booked, and therefore he's off the pitch. Technically, he's not there to score the goal from Leno's mistake. Yeah, poor, poor goalkeeper. Oh, it was very, very poor. It was um, seven mistakes he's now made since his debut. Apparently so. More, more mistakes now than than any goalkeeper um, as well. So yeah, De Gea's all been this season. Uh, um, since, like since Leno has started in I the Premier like, League, that's would, what the stays. I would like to know how they measure that stat. Oh, because... I looked at Bert Leno at the weekend. Well, yes. I, 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 I get that. that, that I looked at the hand every week. 100% that was an error. But what I'm trying to say is, if I can't remember him making that many errors leading to goals. That's oh, what I'm I trying can. to say. I can think of a few when it's come out unnecessarily, uh, mainly because of the defence in front of him. But quite, oh, this is why I say De Gea a very good goalkeeper. I'll say the same thing for Bert Leno. If you can't command your box, you are not a good goalkeeper. Simple as that. That's what I was saying. He's a really good striker, but he doesn't score many goals. No. No, I don't, I don't agree with that whatsoever. He's not a very good goalkeeper. I'm not trying to go out and say, oh, he's terrible, we need to go get a new one. They, they cost too much money. He needs a bit more protection, but he also needs to use his brain. And end of the day, if you can't use your brain, then you shouldn't be playing football whatsoever. Um, and then uh, Tammy Abraham hasn't scored for God knows how long and he bad Well, what happened there is Arsenal tried to, uh, they felt obviously the injustice, well, they felt injustice, they were like, well, we've conceded, we've, we've been pegged back to one or we, des- we feel like we deserve to be winning this game still. They've gone up and they almost scored but Lacazette, right? You talk about strikers saying they're good strikers but they don't score goals. Lacazette really score many goals. Uh, yet people think seem think he's a good striker, uh, but he had the he had the, he was in a position perfect position to have a shot, and he st- decided to pass it. Yeah, right? and then was it Willock? And then and then Chelsea broke right, and because we were we'd pushed up, Chelsea broke. Great, great counter attack, absolutely clinical, wasn't mm. it? Uh, but the defensive side of it backed off, backed them off. They didn't. They didn't. They didn't do the uh, Man City of just take a foul halfway they, down. They, they did what Tactical. Arsenal have been doing for the last two yeah. years. Which I think... Like, let's run goal side and stand there. And which I think more time that they work under Arteta, um, they will get to that side of the game, won't they? Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, it was... Uh, uh, what happens is, the first goal happens is then a direct result in the second goal because Arsenal would have pushed up so far if that if they hadn't considered yeah. that equaliser. I agree. Um, um, so, so, but... Let's, uh, Arsenal, are they are they in a relegation battle? They're not in a relegation battle. Is that your Arsenal head or your football head? That's my football head. My football head says they are in a relegation battle. No. Six, point, six points between them and the team in the relegation zone halfway through the season. That tells me that's a battle. Because... If you're looking at where they are in terms of how far they are beyond top four, they're 11 points off top four. Mm-hmm. That's too far away. Yeah. Well, um, top four shouldn't be... They, they, they shouldn't be... Look, they shouldn't be having that as their goal. They should be... They should be using this season now to bed in the ideas that Arteta is going to be bringing across. He's going to be using this time to assess his squad who can... who can uh, take on his ideas and implement on the pitch. Those who can't, They'll be, mo- they'll be moved on. 
And then next season, when he start, when he can bring in his own players mm-hmm. over the summer, um, then we can start to push on and look to go and challenge for your top four place. It's a process. You can't jump from where we are at the moment straight back into the top four because you, you it's just. It's a disconnect. You have to go through so many levels to get to that point. And it will, it, it, that's where the short-term fix doesn't work because it will only just be a short-term fix. You'll, you'll find yourself back in this position a year, well, a year again from the, it, down the line. You've got, to, you've got to be able to build the foundations for proper long-term success, which well, is what these clubs um, here at the top let's, of Let's flip them because I was going to go to Man City's games because got we've got two games of theirs to cover. But I'm going to go early into what are Everton this week. Mm-hmm. Um, Newcastle won Everton 2 at the weekend. Um, Ancelotti, uh, um, on Boxing Day, played a uh, played three at the back. Went back to 4-4-2, got a victory. Now, in their last five games, they've got three wins and two draws. Mm-hmm. So, when you're talking about quick, uh, quick fix, um, long-term gains and things like that, don't get me wrong, Arsenal did have to play against okay. Everton and they also had to play against Chelsea, but they had Bournemouth in the middle of that. Whereas Everton, they've, 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 um, they've got a victory. Uh, uh, um, so they, they've got points off Manchester United. Um, they were unlucky against Leicester. Um, you know, they, they're, they're, they're making a difference right now. You know, um, let's talk about a couple of a couple of situations going first of all. Um, a bit of controversy um, with the first goal for Everton, where a corner was awarded. They've taken the corner. Michael Keane's headed it and it's gone over the bar. Referee's given the corner again, which is never a corner. Um, our good old pal can't get involved in that, but we'll be we'll talk about BAL later on anyway. Um, Free kick then is given for a challenge by Almiron, which is barely a foul um, outside the box. The ball then gets whipped in, and then Dominic Calvert-Lewin scores and makes it 1-0. Mm. So it's a, it's a ca- catalogue of errors, as they like to say. Um, <laughs> Just one yeah. thing compounded on another, isn't it, really? In that yeah, definitely. It should have been in the corner in the first place, and then I think they would agree that a free kick was given. Um, Andy, um, Andy Carroll, he started. That was quite nice. Um, but um, yeah, his his goal was was chalked off for offside. Uh, but Fabian Schert, um, I really like Fabian Schert. Is is Swiss international, very very good centre half. He scored six goals already this season uh, for in, in his calendar year for a centre half. He's one of their highest goal scorers in the Premier League this year as well, which I think is um quite phenomenal. <laughs> but it also goes to show that that Newcastle are really struggling on the front line. Um, it was a lovely knockdown from Andy Carroll. This is the difference between a striker who's a striker forward, so to speak. Because what Andy Carroll offers, you want him in your starting lineup. The knockdowns, the flicks, you know, he doesn't have to score to, he doesn't have to score you 15, 20 goals a season. If he's contributing 15, 20 goals a season, then your your, your job's sort of done. So I'm not I'm not siding with you on the Lacazette thing, but I I understand it um, a little bit more. Um, <laughs> um, a little bit of controversial over that free kick as well. Walcott on Williams. I didn't think there was any touch whatsoever, but Williams has gone down like a so so something something that's um, a profanity. So therefore, we can't say it. Um, but yeah, that was one each. And then Dominic Calvert Lewin. He's really hitting hitting some uh, 
hitting some stats this year. You know, he's barely scoring and you know, there's a couple of braces his bagged already. I think that's his ninth Premier League goal of the season as well, which which isn't too bad for a team that doesn't score many goals. I think that's I think that's quite good. Um like twenty three goals in all, in, all, in, all, um, in the league this season. Uh Richardson's cross. So Richardson's showing as well that he can do both sides. He can play through the middle, he can play wide, he could do could do a little bit of everything, which is which is pretty tidy. Um Sudibe did a little push on Andy Carroll. No penalty given, no VAR. We'll come back to VAR. Yeah, we will. We? Um <laughs> but as a whole, it was quite a good game to watch. Forty two attempts on goal between the two sides. Fourteen of which on target between the two sides as well. So that was quite nice. But I'm just saying on that one, that Everton they their squad isn't that great. They've got some very good players in their squad, but it's not a great squad. But now they've got a world class manager who's now gone in there to make a difference and he's already made a difference. He's made a difference. The way they play, how intense they are. Mo uh, Moise Kane, you know, they don't He's not very favoured in Everton, but he's already getting something out of him. You know, he wanted to sign him when he was at Napoli. So, I, I, yeah, our opinions do differ there. Um, <laughs> I can tell the way Alex is looking at me. Um, so, Man City. Well, I, just, <laughs> I just think Everton is going to go through the same cycle again and again and again. They'll have initial success with him. They'll be all cock But ultimately... 18 months down the line he's not going to be their manager anymore and they're just going to go through the whole process again whereas as I say with Arsenal they're trying to build something or this is what I hope they are they're trying to be something that's sustainable for a number of years and they're going to be challenging at the top of the league which is what our fan base seem to think that we should be doing all the time right and you can't just be going for short term fixes because you'll get you'll have one season where you're up there and then you'll have five seasons down in but if you so, go in there with a short-term fix, and with he, a decent manager who's going to sustain the club for two years, two and a half years, then bring in someone, and then see what happens from there. I think that's where Arsenal that's, went that's, wrong. That's where Arsenal went wrong. You, you, had, you had Wenger there for God knows how many years. That's, that's the other then, thing as well. And then this what is... they should have done is then brought, brought in someone who is up there, top-end gaffer, and then bring in an Arteta or bring in an Eddie Howe or bring in just someone who's new and upcoming and exciting. You know, you can't just like... like where, where Arsenal are at the moment, they're in a relegation battle, mate. There's no two ways about they're, it. No, I they're in a yes, they, yes, they are. They are six points. They are six points uh, away from from like a relegation zone. Burnley are underneath them. Burnley, you don't know which Burnley side are going to turn up. Brighton, I don't understand how Brighton have got less points now than they have done over the past two seasons with uh, with Hewton because the way that Brighton have been playing. They were playing some really, really nice football ones. To be fair, their goal difference is only minus four. So they, when they do lose, they don't lose by many. Um, they've got a lovely, a, a really important victory at the weekend against Bournemouth, 2-0 win. And Bournemouth for a couple of places below them. People are talking about Bournemouth and how good they've been playing recently. You know, so it's... But here's the other thing as well. Mm. You can't apply the same situation at every club. Every club has their own situation and... Uh, what's been happening you've got to take into effect what's happened at Arsenal for the last 10 years I'm it, talking about the teams that are below Arsenal oh, yeah. right now so Southampton Southampton <laughs> after their Tonkin to Leicester 
few, uh, a couple of months back when they lost 9-0. After then, they've made a change. Danny Ings, has scored 12 goals in the Premier League this season. Out of the 24 goals that they scored, he's scored half of those. Should we go you to know, the So then he is like... so. Southampton, they're playing some nice football. They can make a move. Watford, they've got a new manager now. You know, so their so, their so, changes. So, so, so what you're saying, yeah, but you, what you're what it's leading me to believe here is you think with Arsenal with the change they made, they're not going to make a move. I'm not. Just, I'm not saying they're not going to make a move. What I'm saying is, is that they can't rest on their laurels. I'm not. They like, can't turn around. I hundred percent guarantee Arsenal mm. not resting on their laurels. I, I, I don't. For one thing, second thing, that Arteta's gone in there and think, all right, we're just going to... When I say write the season off, I'm talking about getting in the top four. I'm talking about yeah. laying the foundations to then get into the top four and challenge that just turn up to for the next season. You can't turn to games. I'm not... I'm, I'm like... Because the like, thing is, look at, uh, look at Chelsea a couple of years back. They, they were in a worse position than Arsenal are right now when they sat Mourinho the last time round. And they were in a relegation battle at that point. It was halfway through the season. I, I, well, I, can, four, I can remember that. There were only four points above the relegation zone. I can zone. remember that, but I never at any other point thought they were in a relegation zone. Relegation fight. Yeah, but that's what, that's what I'm saying. Like Because they're Chelsea, it doesn't mean that it's like, oh, well, we're Chelsea. It's almost like the we're too big to go down mentality. I get... I, look, at, <laughs> look, look, at, um, look at Villa over the years, before they went down. Um, four, I think they did four consistent six-place finishes... And they kept on getting into Europa League um, qualifiers. Two years on the spin, I remember they played against Rapid Vienna both times and both lost. But then they came, and then after that they came ninth, and then they started fl- uh, slipping down. It's like, well, we're Aston Villa, we'll be fine. They only had a couple of seasons out, outside. Newcastle in the nineties, like coming so close to winning the title, um, two FA Cup finals on the spin. Newcastle, big club, they went down. You know, Leeds United. Okay, right. Say, right. Say, they've, won, say, they've won a top-flight title more recently than Liverpool Okay, have. so say Arsenal are in a relegation fight and they get relegated. And what? It happens. They just go again next season. I can't handle that. <laughs> I can't handle us being in... Fact, for, what, I'm try, what I'm trying to say is here, I don't think Arsenal are in a relegation fight. Your man here certainly thinks they are. But if Arsenal get relegated, they get relegated. They're not going to get relegated. I'm 100%... <laughs> I'm going on record now and saying if Arsenal get relegated, then I'm going to go get my name changed. I don't know what to, but I'll go get my name changed. Because Arsenal it's not postcard for that. Um, yeah. if, you, uh, if you want to get Alex Osborne's name changed to something, whatever you want it to be, um, if Arsenal get relegated, he will do that. Um, Manchester City had a mixed few days. Um... And so did Wolves. Yep. We'll talk about them both. Yeah, we'll, talk about, we'll talk about Wolves, Wolves City, City first. Yeah, we um, pre- we uh, we just want to point out for those who were going to watch the uh, who watched us on Friday, both of us had City down Man City to win that game quite comfortably. Oh yeah, we both had them down. Away, think, thinking that uh, that went well and that aged well, didn't it? And yeah, it, I was just thinking. Yeah, game. I was thinking City like they've just got too much to. They've got well, too much for Wolves. But we didn't. We didn't foresee Edison getting sent off. But then after the um, Edison getting sent off, they went two 0 up. Well, they, they they scored scored a penalty uh, and you know, VAR got involved. But this is when VAR it did the right thing because it was a penalty. Yes, it was a penalty, but it, the penalty was given anyway. They went to check. Uh, sorry, I'm talking about the. Uh, I got confused. The VAR was the whole penalty being retaken. Yeah. Now this. Only happened because of what happened in the Arsenal game. Do you remember the well, uh, Arsenal one with uh, who was it? We Norwich. Played? Norwich. I, I think the encroachment thing is correct. 
However, it's, um, it's, it's both, the letter of the law, isn't it? Players from both teams went into the box, but the, the clearance came from a Wolves player that had encroached. So that's why they that's why they brought boy back. Because when you put the stills on the screen, on the big VAR screen, people are like, well, what's that for? And there's City players in the box as well. But that's not what they're giving. It's a Wolves player who has then cleared the ball after encroaching initially. Mm-hmm. That's what they brought it back. That ball is back in the net. No one cares. Simple as that. Um, but then, yeah, he missed the first penalty as well, didn't he? So he had both penalties to save because he went in the same direction both times. However, the second one, because he put it a little bit more centre, when the keeper saved it, he came back into his path. Yeah, exactly. He, he was able to put it in. Put it um, yeah, Edison the red card. He took out Jota uh, beforehand. Um, yeah, that's... You've got to walk on that. And that's what, that's, that's what winds me up about the Fabianski situation. Fabianski went, oh yeah, but they're giving a penalty, um, so therefore the double jeopardy thing. I, I don't agree with it because at the end of the day, it's not an obvious goal scoring opportunity with that one. But with Edison, I don't think it's denied an obvious goal scoring opportunity. Well, they, I think they, that's they, more they, of a they, conduct. Because they, were, th- like they were thinking that, well, because it's only a free kick. A free kick is not as inherently goal score. Um, as a penalty, yeah, it? yeah. They, they, they don't view it on the same level, isn't it? That's yeah. and the but I get where because that's in, as you say that's inconsistency, but that's not that's so much on the referee. That's not not so much so much on the referee. That's the inconsistencies with the laws of the actual football because yeah. as you say, double jeopardy was brought in because they were there was a lot of um, fans had complained. Manager complained about when a penalty is given against you and then your goalkeeper is sent off again. Yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. it just ruined the game. It was unfair. It was mm. it, 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 a penalty is a punishment enough. That's what I used to hear all the time when yeah. you listen to your talk shows, your phone ins, managers. They were saying that the penalty alone was enough punishment yeah, yeah, to yeah. be given. Then the authorities listened and they were right. Well, then this rule then double jeopardy brings in. If that happens, a penalty will be given, a yellow card will be issued. And that will be it. Mm. But as you say, in this instance, what's, what's, he's only out his area a couple of yards, isn't he, Edison? He's well, not it's, out quite his, far, it's quite far he, out. I, I, can't, I, can't, I don't it's think there. he was that far out. Well, but there's no defenders around him because Jota's, Jota's touched it around him. All he needs to do is run onto his end and then he's just tapping it into the I, goal. I, I, I don't know. I don't think, I don't think it was as clear, clear cut for Jota to do it. And like, you've got to look at it from an individual, not from an individual player's point of view. You've got to look at it on the whole. If that was... I don't know, let's say a Dama Traore, then you know 100% it's going to get on the end of it because it's quicker than anyone else. But if that was Wesley, he's not going to get on the end of it because he's not very quick. So it's like, I think it should, I don't know. I, I so you're saying he shouldn't have been sent off then? It depends what they've deemed it as. That's what I mean. If they've deemed it as denying obvious goal scoring opportunity, then that is completely wrong on all levels. If they've deemed it as violent conduct, or serious foul play, then fair enough, red card. Well, then I would argue that they shouldn't have done it that if it's deemed as serious because he he's gone up, but he's he's not his legs are not out, his arms are not out. He's 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 gone and he's gone like this, right? Because he's realised he's not going to get there. But then cut he, yeah, but then, but I'd say I'd say it was a 50-50 because Jot has gone into him as much as Edison's gone so into him. So it's a fifty-fifty. There's no free kick. So then. What the hell is he being sent off for then? That's what I'm saying. So that, it's not denied an obvious goal scoring opportunity. I would say that he a has goal, to. a goal scoring opportunity. Yes, but the laws of the game state denying an obvious goal scoring opportunity. That is not an obvious situation. So if they sent him off for that, then for me, I think that's a very very bad decision. But if they've said no, that's 
like the equivalent of like a, a serious foul play, the equivalent of a two footed tackle. You know, because that's what serious foul play is. You know, that's what then. Okay, is we'll go going back to uh, serious foul play of goalkeepers. Then Gazniga should have been sent off for Spurs against um, Brighton. When is no? Was it Brighton? No, who was it? Who is it? The against yeah against Chelsea where he's, where he's gone out with, with his foot up, up here by Alonso's head mm. missed the ball and almost kicked him in the head that's more foul play than what Edison did the other so day. then like, that's where the double jeopardy thing is that's why you're given a penalty so as, as to say this but is then, that's what, in the law yeah so then it just depends on how, how they deem it it's, um, that's what I mean I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a big fan in all honesty um, Aguero was the guy who was sacrificed yeah what's, the, what's going on with Aguero and Pep there's, I don't think there's anything going on with Guerra Pep. Guerra's just come back from an injury and uh, Pep's gone. <sighs> I'm going to have to sacrifice a player and usually in those instances you'll find that the strikers are the usual mm. ones that get uh, sacrificed and that was Aguero. Mm. Simple uh, as that. I don't think there's anything to that. Simple as that. Um, yeah. Uh, what happened next? Oh, Sterling. Um, Sterling, magic finish um, from, uh, from KDB's through ball and um, that was um, that was just after the break you think well, it's game over now you know City will be able to just sort themselves out you know they know how to handle themselves when they're 2-0 up clearly clearly not because that's not what happened because only moments later Adama Torre did score what a finish as well it's it about 25 yards out and he's drilled it I don't think he could have hit that in a more perfect position because that is is on the right hand side of the box uh, well, outside the box, and is 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 drilled it straight, but it's just got a little bit of curve out to the right, so it's bending away from the goalkeeper at all times, and it's just skidding off 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 the surface. I, I, I think that finish, I don't think it gets enough credit put it that way. Um, inch perfect, as I said. Yeah, um, uh, Troy then squared it to uh, Raúl Jiménez, who came on as a sub. He was resting because we had games that they were playing on Christmas and stuff. Bam, two, two, and then, <coughs> and then mistake well, by Mendy. Is, yeah, big mistake by Mendy. Um, he's someone who's not getting a lot of game time at the moment, um, but he does an injury. And then uh, Raúl Jiménez, he's turned. Well, he's, he's flipped it. Sorry, for Doherty, and he, he's put it home. And we're in the mail coach for that. And. There's beer everywhere, wasn't there? Um, um, beer everywhere, people everywhere, I mean, limbs, I mean, I, I, limbs going I, I, wild. I think a couple of people made a couple of quid out of it. I, yeah, I, I think that's what it was um, yeah. <laughs> Indeed. Um, and then City, uh, just yesterday actually, they beat Sheffield United 2-0. And I think they were, I, I don't think that, I don't know, I don't know. City, you walk into that game and go, City are going to win that game. But I think Sheffield United had, I think they played quite well. In that game, I don't think they deserve to to lose. Well, it's difficult because you know uh, weird Christmas scheduling uh, mm. over this weekend. You've had you've had games Boxing on a Saturday. You've had ga- you've had games on a Saturday night uh, starting on what's it eight seven forty five kick off with Man United, yeah. and then you've got a game on a Sunday night kick off at six o'clock, not being shown on TV. It's completely thrown me out. Um, I don't even know. But what I think it's it I think the reason why they've done that is because the uh, you always got the traditional games on Boxing Day, and then you've always got the traditional games on New Year's Day. Yeah. But for some reason, over the last couple of years, they've then done tried to throw in an extra fixture in between them, mm. so the teams are playing three games over the space of a week. Well, and see, when they kicked off was less than 48 hours was the same after with, they played. Same, same, same with Wolves. Same with Wolves, yeah. So, 
I, I, I don't know why they have why they decided to throw in an extra fixture in between their Boxing Day and New I Year's Day. I don't know You can find time to play an additional midweek game at any point exactly. during the 38 games exactly. season, 40 exactly. weeks of Alex You know, this is only going to encourage managers to complain more, players to be um, more susceptible to injury. Yeah. And it could cost uh, somebody a title later down the... I mean... Probably not going to be this not season. Year, I think they're this year. <laughs> you know, a, a, an injury that could happen to the top four. So, you know, the game with Man City, Sheffield United, I think both teams, I think all teams this weekend were just trying to get out of it as much as they can do. And at this time of the season, it's just resting your players as much as possible, trying yeah, to get them as fit as you can. Injuries, but I think that's um, what's gonna, I think so going back to this ahead. game, I think it was a routine victory. I know there was, a again, which we'll get to it, because VAR struck its head again with this one, but Sheffield United had a goal disallowed, didn't they, for offside, but at 0-0. Nil, nil. At 0-0, nil, nil, yeah. So that could have been an absolute game-changer. Um, Aguero... Um, he, he, he's, he's just special man Squad. I love Aguero Squad love um, he did, made, made, our both, made both our team of the decades didn't he yes he did um, KDB <laughs> made a mistake he, this would this, this so, would hi, this would end up on you know those in your dad's um, oh the VHS bloopers VAR bloopers 2019 that would definitely make it on there wouldn't it yeah he's kicked it he was kicked against his other leg and he just swung and a miss um, he made up for it though. Lovely three ball for Aguero. Um, Refy got in the way. Refy got in the way. Um, yeah, Nor- Norwood's pass um, to Fleck, and referee was still like, well, Fleck. Yeah, he was. Um, yeah. And um, yeah, but he didn't touch. Uh, referee didn't touch it, so therefore, you know, just a just a bit of a faux pas. Um, he, he made him. He made himself very aware of it as well, didn't he? He made he made the referee very aware of um, his discontent. Uh, with that, that's one way to put it. Uh, and then uh, Mares found KDB, he made that for it 2 0, lovely finish. Um, Billy Sharp hit the post right at the end and rolled along the line. That goes in, could be a different game, who knows. Um, Southampton won, Palace won. Um, we'll talk about BAR in a bit. Um, uh, yeah, that was, it wasn't the greatest game. It wasn't no. the greatest game. Uh, ben Rec, I don't know how you can miss from half a yard out like that, but he did. Um, Tomkins header, lovely, lovely header, one 0 soft free kick given. But like we were saying about it, like from the position of where it was, is actually much better than you think. Isn't well, it? it's, it's difficult. It's difficult because it wasn't, there wasn't an angle, really an angle to work with, mm. and to be able to put it, to get it into the area where he did was a great free kick. But also because the the lesser angle that he had to be able to put it into this position where he wanted to go meant that he kind of had to float it a bit. So mm. the header himself had to put a bit of pace onto the ball. Yeah. And for him not to sky it or miss it completely and actually get a really good connection on it, it was a good goal. Yes, yeah, I mean, really like, goal, some, sometimes you look at those, I don't think you truly appreciate How it. hard it is. Yeah, how, how hard. you see it again. And then, uh, well... Palace gave Danny Ings the goal, didn't they? They, Literally. Were, trying to, they were trying to play around. Were they trying to play out from the back? Yeah. And, uh, Danny just, Ings was like, "No, you're right." He just capitalised. Yeah, on twelve of the twenty-four goals we said early on in the show um, by Southampton have been scored by Danny Ings. Uh, England. <sighs> well, why not? 
on, 12 Premier League goals. Do you know what? Danny Ings strikes me as one of those, like, you know, remember when Kevin Phillips was banging goals back in the day, but he wasn't getting an England squad because yeah. there were better strikers was, around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the same thing that happened that's going to happen. I now. just think that when you look at the England setup. Because who, 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 the, who the strikers would be? Harry Kane's your starter, yeah. right? You've got Tammy Abraham is your young up and coming yeah. starter who's still scoring goals, and then they keep picking Callum Wilson who's not really doing it. Yeah, They're so that's that's where that's, that's where that's where potentially you'd, you'd probably go Danny Ings instead of Callum Wilson, mm. and Callum Wilson hasn't scored for a while. No, exactly. Um, so, but the other thing is because obviously Rashford's in there, so Rashford can potentially play as a striker, but we both know. Uh, or we both think and I think there are much a lot of other people there he's much, he's, better, he's much better from out wide yeah. oh we didn't talk about um, the other Wolves game uh, that was the Liverpool game yes yeah um, we'll go to it now I'll tell you what screw it we're going to put a lot of VAR going and we're going to come back yeah, to it because so, like this this game is laden with VAR well uh, uh, it's because it's involving Liverpool no, I disagree. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is from from a fan's perspective, because you, people are like, oh, Liverpool have benefited from VAR. But Liverpool, okay. if VAR was to change every single decision, they still would be Liverpool top. would be top by seven points. Yeah. So therefore, when people go, oh, it's Liverpool, like, don't get me wrong. No. I, I, I was like that until I looked at the stats and I did my own research and I was like, no, 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 they, they cut. <laughs> what, what I'm trying to say is that people are going to be looking at it so, oh, Liverpool have had a goal uh, allowed when there was potential for it to be chalked off. Oh, Wolves have had a goal disallowed because of offside uh, and VAR has got involved again. That's a... What's Fickle fan syndrome. No, that, that's a very uh, simple way of looking at it, mm. okay? Yes, we'll get to the VAR when it comes to the offside with Wolves, I personally think it shouldn't have been. Yeah, go, but for, it, go for it, go that, for it. What it means is, is that if, say, the goal had stood, Liverpool probably would have stepped up a couple of gears and they probably would have gone on to win the game anyway. 4-1. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, that the game is finished 1-0, but at the same it time, Liverpool, were, Liverpool just managed the game without ever having to get out of second gear. Which they've done all season. season. I don't yeah. understand why everyone's just allowing Liverpool to play. Um, but they are. Um, so Neto... Maybe it's just harder it's, it's just harder than said harder said than done. Yeah. Um, Neto um, no, that, yeah, Neto that would have made it one, one each yeah. right on the strike at half time. Yeah. And I know a few people that had uh, both teams scored first half as well so I feel for you boys. It wasn't, wasn't me. Um, I, 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 I invested interest elsewhere. Um, but Liverpool's first goal now, the build-up of it, uh, Van Dyke Didn't hit his hand. You don't feel it? No. No, that, you cut that. that I've, I've seen it, and it doesn't hit his hand. Okay. Move on. There I you think. go. Um, no VAR. Controversy. No, 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 there's no VAR for that. I, no. I, I, I thought it had. Uh, I don't like the stills. I don't like the stills. There's a lot of stills going out that make it look like you play basketball, catch yeah, anywhere. Yeah. It weren't like no. that. But for me... I think there was just a little element of handball in there. Um, and then Lallana. So what it, what it does, well, we'll go back to that though, what it does sound like though is that they didn't check it when they were going, because you know, obviously, because yeah. they checked VAR for Lallana, which you were about mm. to say, but, because it could brought up at half time, so, oh, people going on about the Van Dijk in the, um, at half time, I remember them talking yeah. about it in the, on the game, on the presentation uh, yesterday. 
and uh, VAR came up with it. Oh, we checked it. It didn't, it didn't really. It was inconsequential. Which sounds to me like somebody got caught out. Like, yeah. oh god. No, uh, no. Oh, oh. Let's yeah, just yeah. let's just quickly throw something out there because when they look back at it, it was like. It, and don't get me wrong. It is closer than you think. It mm. definitely looks like it could have potentially been a handball. But in my mind, it, it, yeah. in my view, having seen it, it definitely wasn't a handball. Yeah. Um, the Lana one. <sighs> See a shoulder, isn't it? It's kind of hit him here mm. at the top of his shoulder. Shoulders are very important, uh, and you'll realise why shoulders are very important because is the shoulder part of the arm? Is it not? Because if you're saying it is part of the arm, then it should be handball. And then there's a multitude of offside decisions that should all have then um, been reversed and been onside because it's the shoulder. Yes. So this is this is the whole impact of what VAR is bringing in, and we'll get to it. So, mm. yep, yeah, Sal, Sal, no, it was Mane. It was, Mane. It was Mane's goal, mm. wasn't it? So they deemed it not to be handball, and then Liverpool won one nil. Uh, again, I, I think that if the Wolves goal had stood, Liverpool would have just stepped up a few gears and probably would have won that game in the end anyway. Yeah, fair enough. Um, back on the Southampton Palace game, then uh, Max Meyer, he he takes. Um, Palace into a 1-0 lead away from home everyone's happy hold on let's have a look at VAR um, Zaha offside because are we going like, to do VAR yeah I'm getting involved so I'm getting out okay. so like <laughs> when, when you look at the line we're looking at his toes we're looking at his shoulder because for me I think his toes are onside but based on where the defenders um, I think I don't know if it was if it was at the back it might have been Benderbeck again um where where his heels are, that tells me that he is he is level. So okay, so but his arm looks like he's in an offside, offside position. position. Yeah, but he can't play the ball with no. arm. So there is that one. Okay, yeah, the so we're, um, Sheffield United, the Sheffield United one with Lee Smoothset. Yeah. Okay, I feel like that was a slightly more than all the other ones, but again, it was him leaning. He's leaning. That's right. your arm. You can't um, play the ball with your arm. You've so, got Norwich, Timo Pukki. Yeah, so we'll, we'll talk through what, this, this game. Is, yeah, so um, and then we'll yeah. get to VAR on that one. So Deli Ali, um, he had another good game again. Um, there was a couple of opportunities though for Harry Kane and for Deli Ali where I think they both should have should have finished. Um, but Norwich, uh, they did go one up with Vrancic. Nice finish, but I think goalkeeper could have done a little bit better yeah. on that one. Uh, it's a shame because Gastonido over the last few weeks he's made a couple of mistakes which I'm really annoyed about because I'll gas him up uh, from the moment that he stepped in uh, so he's no longer the best number two goalkeeper in the world Gav Mag knows his goalies it, it, it still is Romero from Manchester United um, as the best number two in the Premier League um, very closely followed by uh, by Masters isn't it funny that the three best for me are all Argentinian interesting right, that yeah. um, Argentina can't produce decent number ones Um Pookie, 2-0, VAR ruled out. I wrote a profanity on my sheet. I'm not going to say it out loud. That is embarrassing. Yes. What's, what, what part of his body is offside? I don't know. Shoulder? I don't know. The edge of his shoulder? Oh. So, Arby's now. So, if the ball, right, the ball, for me, if the ball hits you there and it touches the shoulder there, I don't think... For that's... those listening at home, Gavin's oh, pointing to his... Like right, right, at the top, right at the top of my pec and yeah. onto, onto the shoulder. Where, that, that area where, where, where it connects yeah. your pec to your shoulder. That, yeah. if it hits you there, I'm saying that's okay. If it hits you 
There, the top of your He's shoulder. Now pointing to the side of his shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> the top, the top of his shoulder. <laughs> just, just, on just, the arm. The, yeah. That is a handball. Is handball. Yeah. You can't play the part. You can't well, no, play it, the ball. Especially with the that way, part of your body. Here's the thing: because when the ball got played over to Pookie, he's controlled it here. Yeah. Right. If he controls it there with his shoulder, a laws of physics don't quite work out because he'd have to turn around to then do it. But also, the control he wouldn't be able to control it into his path. Exactly. Right. So. Here's the thing, when they were doing VAR, they were doing the lines, okay? They were doing the uh, line from this, from the outer part of his arm. Which you cannot be outside for because yeah. you cannot play so the this... ball with that part of the body. So anyway, so anyway, that got disallowed. We'll come back to that in a second. So I'm not um, happy about that. Um, uh, Har- 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 oh yeah. Ericsson. Uh, Ericsson. Um, yeah, free, free kick. kick. Lovely. But was, was there a foul on Lewis? Mm, I don't know. I think there might have been a little nudge on Lewis, but I doesn't, doesn't condone him having his arms yeah. all flaming around in the air. The ball's hit his arm. They've gone out and look, and they're going to free kick, and it's a lovely free kick. Yeah. No two ways about it. Um, Danny Alley was offside. Very Correct. clear. Didn't yeah. need any up VAR for that. Just used good old, good old human eyes. Yeah. Um, and that made it. Um, that would have made it two one. But Norwich did make it two one. Um, Serge Aurier own goal, and I felt. I felt quite sorry for him actually because um, it was it was um, uh, Vertonghen, not Vertonghen, uh, Alvarez who cuts it out, or was it Foyt? It's Foyt. Yeah, Foyt. Foyt cuts it out from like because it looked like um, Pookie just took it out of his feet. He's about to slide at home party time, two one. But then Foyt's cut it out. It's like oh, you can clear this, and it's just come off Orion. Yeah, it's gone. It's um, it's trickled in. Um, and then Spurs penalty. Um. Yeah, it's a penalty. Yeah, it's a penalty. Yeah, all it's, it's all, all no two ways. There's it. no better. And, and I put this in the group, and I stand by this. I don't think there's a better penalty taker in world football currently than Harry Kane. Sergio Ramos. I'd say Harry Kane. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with Ramos. <laughs> if you if you've got a world eleven, and you want three people, to, like the first three people taking pen, I would go Ramos, Kane, um, and then I'll probably. Pitchordini, um, who um, who doesn't miss penalties, and Watford won three nil. The result, I think, looks way more comfortable than the actual performance, in my opinion. Um, Watford three Villa nil. Villa, uh, Watford from kick off were straight in the Villa faces though, and I really did enjoy that. Pearson has got them saying oi, but at the same time, don't this wind you up with uh, with teams when it goes when you've got the same clientele. And a new manager goes in and they get a tune out of them straight away. Yeah. Um, but the professional footballers as professional, be so what, what what I'm saying, it'd be interesting to know how many of those is sustained or whether it's just because it's called new manager bounce for a reason, right? Yeah. So it'll be interesting to know if he can actually sustain it or if it's just a case of they're they're just doing it for a couple of weeks. Yeah, definitely. Well it's good to see Watford off the bottom of the table as well. So um <coughs> um, Wesley Wesley's header um, is the only thing that he contributed to the game because he's a terrible striker um, straight at the goalkeeper but he was was quite a good save um, Villa very very casual at the back um, allowed to call it missing Mings yeah very missing yeah, yeah, Mings, definitely yeah. definitely I'd agree um, yeah Decore strike um, Dini with the follow up 1-0 goalkeepers really should be doing better there but nonetheless Goal, 1-0. Lovely. Uh, Mariapa, two silly fouls, two yellow cards, off you go. You're thinking, well... Here we go. Yeah. Villa. Villa, Villa, um, Villa should be bouncing back. But um, Watford, um, they, they didn't care. And what they did, um, they could have 
put the ball out when target was down, that target was down. But instead of doing that, they play to for themselves or play for the whistle, which I wholeheartedly agree with, by the way. But I just think the cheek of it is that they just played a pass along where target was. <laughs> I think that is so cheeky. Um, and then, but Douglas Louise, little hip shoulder, shoulder on shoulder, on Dini, penalty given. I think that's probably one of the most embarrassing penalties I've ever seen given. I, I look at the size of Troy Dini. Look at the size of Douglas Louise. That doesn't happen. If anything, with the level of contact, Dini should be staying up, and um, and Douglas Louise would be on the floor. That is not a penalty in any shape, or, like in any uh, I, realm of of I life. I think that's a penalty. Really? Uh, yeah, I think that's a penalty. Are you, are you, are you seriously mugging me off? No, no, I think that's a penalty. Oh my god, that is never a pen. Um, if I was out in the middle, I would be like, get up. Um, that is never a pen. Well, the penalty was taken at the end. Troy yeah, Deedy scored it. Yeah, I'm saying. I want him to. I want him as my third it's penalty taker. Penalty. He don't miss. It's never a pen. Um, two 0 But then, um, Capoe's cross. Yeah. Lovely cross. Sar. You know I love him anyway. Yeah, you do. You, you, um, you know I love him. 3 0. Um, so it was mad. So those two goals were in very quick succession. But yeah, there you go. Uh, the Man United game. We haven't covered the Man United game. We haven't indeed. Burnley 0, Manchester United 2. Martial put them 1 0 up just before half time. Excellent vision for Pereira. It was love. Uh, you know, Burnley, unlike them, dallying on the uh, ball at the back. Yeah, not Pereira, something that they do. They Pereira, like to get yeah, ripped, don't yeah. they? Very uh, has them quite... Uh, but, uh, yeah, Pereira squared it to Martial and nice finish. And then... Uh, well, Martial um, thought he made it 2-0. Do you know that was a foul on Tarkovsky? Or they, they might have just been coming together. No, that's not a foul for me. But you're giving a pen in the other game. Yeah, oh. I'm giving a pen in the other game. Oh. Oh. That's not definitely not a foul. For me. <laughs> okay, uh, I don't, I don't think that's a foul. Yeah, either. so it should have been um, two 0 But anyway, uh, United w- w- weathered a bit, of, with a bit of um, pressure, and they're hitting classic on the counter attack. Yeah, exactly. The, uh, that was that's that where Dan James United. really comes into his own because you can just clear it. He'll get on the end of it, and he he's got. A Decent final product. He has, he has. Whether it's a pass, cross, or even scoring a goal. And he was cheap as well. And then Rashford two foots the ball into the goal. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Hey, doesn't matter they go in. No, it doesn't matter. (laughs) So that was 2 0 Man United. And then the Brighton game, which is the last one we haven't done, is it? Yeah, Brighton, that was the early game on uh, on Saturday. Um, It's the quickest goal Brighton scored in the Premier League. Yeah, two minutes, 54 seconds. Yeah. Yang Hanabach, I can never pronounce his name properly. Um, You've done well there. That's what we're going to run with. Alareza, that's what we're going to go with. That's his first name. Um, it's his first goal or assist for Brighton. This is only his first start this season because he's been dogged of injury. And you can tell when he scored it. Meant Lovely finish as well. Yeah. First time drill, yeah. um, bottom corner. And it, it really hit him, didn't it? Like It, it, it was very emotional. Um, I thought he ran the whole first half, by the way. He was absolutely phenomenal. And I, you start to see the reason why they brought him in the first place. If he puts in performances like that, not necessarily the goals, but just everything that he did, like well, his crossing was good, you know, his positional play was fantastic. We mentioned the other day when we talked about Brighton when they played against Spurs that I, I quite like the look at that Alzate yes, and yeah. uh, Bernardo. Yeah. Um, but it's strange, as you say, they haven't. 
They, this time the same stage last season they've got less oh, the points season before. they've got less points however I think, I, think, I was going to say I think that's what the difference is isn't it it's the intent that Brighton play with now than when they did before mm, so. definitely um, Duffy on Solanke no pen no, no bar no. but no one cares because Solanke's a terrible strike no, no offence if anyone knows Dominic Solanke um, Dan Byrne 2-0 loves it and yeah can't play the ball with your shoulder. Is that what it was? Is that what it was? Offside, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. No. We're going to get to that quickly. Uh, you can't play the ball with your shoulder. Yeah. Uh, and then Aaron Moy did make it 2-0 yeah. in the end. Definitely it was got... well. Right it? then, so there are. Okay, so as you as we found out from there, there's five separate instances. Five separate instances. Se- five separate incidences from five different games where goals are disallowed but all for offside. Uh, probably the most egregious one in my view was either the Pookie one or the Wolves one. I think either one of those. What I'm gonna say is, as I understand it, VAR was brought into over overall clear and obvious errors, egregious errors, right? In the case of Albamyang's goal being disallowed at Old Trafford, is the one that I can think of straight off the bat, where he was flagged for offside, and it turned out he was about fifty yards on, <laughs> right? Um, that was a clear and every obvious error by your uh, by your linesman. Correctly overruled, goal stands, thank you very much. But what the problem is with technology is now showing is that when it comes to the absolute minuscule margins, fine margins between being onside in the laws of the game or offside in the laws of the game, it's now being ruled on that. And this is the problem they have with the NFL. It's the same thing with the whole, the whole situation about is it a catch, is it not a catch, is he mm. inbounds, is he not inbounds. Etc. Right? Is it over the line when they when they score a touchdown? Is it not over the line? This is the problem when you use technology for then you you're you're still keeping the same laws that were in place before the technology was introduced. Mm-hmm. So that what I'm trying to say is there should be a a revamp of the laws of the no, game. No, no, there should be a, 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 a what's the, what's the word I'm looking for a provision built into the rules when you're going to use technology that you can't be so precise because otherwise, as you say these things happen and everyone's looking at it and they're thinking why are you disallowing these goals my my anger with offside is offside can be clear cut Mm -hmm. you're offside or you're not offside this thing with clear daylight has never been a thing there's never been a law ever in the history of football about there having to be a bit of clear daylight or something like that it was something that was sort of brought in um, as a directive rather than a law ahead of World Cup 1994 because the Americans when they, were, they hosted the World Cup for the first time in 1994 and they were so used to knowing football as a game which doesn't really have many points or goals or high scoring events so it's like how can we enhance the level of goals in it so referees were told you know if in, like obviously you've got to make sure that you're onside or offside but if you're unsure you know as long as there's a bit of clear daylight, um, as long as there, if there isn't any clear daylight, then just let it go. So it's never a law. So when you hear commentators and all that sort of stuff say it, I just literally sit there going, do your research, man. And if you're unsure, go. you could go online and get a copy of the laws of the game. It's a boring read, mind. <laughs> but if you want to become a referee and want to learn more about the game and have an understanding, a fuller, like a, a grosser understanding of how football it read the laws of the game understand it understand the law changes of offside over the years 
Never has it been clear enough for you. Uh, um, um, clear daylight. My gripe is the fact that they're given offside decisions when it is a shoulder or an arm. You can't play the ball with your shoulder or your arm. So therefore, it is not offside. Mm -hmm. That's where my argument is. Also, the technology, no matter how good it is, can't tell when the ball's actually been struck or whether um, the ball's already in movement at that point. So if you can't get that freeze frame, you know, then... It's impossible to make that decision. Oh, his, um, his little toenails offside. But how do you know the ball was struck at that point? Because it could be between frames. And this is where this is, I shared this during the group, didn't I? Yeah. About, uh, they used an example of a Raheem Sterling uh, goal where if VAR had got involved, it would have probably given been given offside. However, um, this was from prior to VAR being introduced this year. Mm. Uh, and it was he was using the fact that the, uh, Raheem Sterling was running at such a speed um, and he travelled over a certain distance and the ball was kicked within that time frame when he moved. And the frame that they, uh, the frame that they shoot the footage on they use for VAR, that between frames, Raheem Sterling was onside and then he was offside in between, in between, but yeah. the, in between frames. Now, what they're trying to say is in between frames, when the ball was kicked, where they reckon the ball would have been kicked, it would have been fine. And this is the problem now it's having yeah. with... VAR because it's being used to, it should it was introduced to do clear and error clear and obvious errors errors they're now using it for absolutely everything which it shouldn't be yeah and which if that's going to be the case my housemate and I'm going to big him up here because he's come up with the best suggestion for this if that is the case they should do where they give each team each coach two challenges a game. Oh, so hardly agree with that. Because no, then, so because then, uh, they they can they they don't uh, if the challenge does if the coach then does challenge the uh say for example a goal, and it turns out that no it's fine the goal's fine they lose the challenge, challenge then they can't do it again and they can't go and use VAR if a goal is scored and they think it might be offside no the goal has been given on the field you play on that's a goal it was your own fault for challenging. So, um, I think, fab, I, I, I listen think, to us. I, I, I think that is a great suggestion, and that's what they should do. And it'd be very similar to how they do it in NFL. I know they do reviews anyway. Yeah, but cricket in, in, in this tennis. In this, yeah, exactly. They should give each team two co two challenges per game. If you if you do do if you do make a challenge and it's successful, you still keep your two challenges. I, I, I think, you, but I think if you, you should do, just be one. Okay, for the number of situations that happen, or you could have yeah, one challenge. But if you use it. it and you're successful, you keep it. Yeah. If you do, if you use it and it's not successful, you lose it, and then you can't challenge anything else for the rest yeah. of the game. I would have created a debate so, for that. Actually, um, it would be try interesting to know what other people think. But I think that's if they're definitely going to use VAR the way they're using it as it's proven throughout the course of the season, that is the best way to go. In that, I wholeheartedly agree with him. So big up Martin who came who. Lovely. Big, big part of the show as well. You've been uh, watching Two Up Top, the weekly football review show uh, with myself, Gav Mack and Alex Osborne, live from Stalker Studio, the best studio in the whole Northamptonshire, in association with the Mail Coach, the best booze in the whole Northamptonshire, um, where they have quiz nights every week at 8 o'clock, as well as Macau um, Sports Bar and Grill. That's where uh, we're in association with them. They're over in New York. Um, if you're listening to the podcast, it will be available on Spotify and Apple Music every week, normally just after the show. So if you're watching the show and you want to listen back to it instead, or you didn't know where you were going to get in, then you just listen back at any point. Thank you, and goodbye.